Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Forward Church. Listen, I'm so glad you tuned in to today's podcast. I hope it challenges you and inspires you to go after God and be all that God's called you to be. Enjoy today's message. So let me encourage parents here again because a lot of times I'm really listening when I'm praying. If you set it right, it will go right. Don't gauge it. Don't test it while it's happening. Let me go back. My parents said it right, but I didn't do it right because I didn't want to. But guess what? Where I am today is a result of what they set many, many years ago. So I really hope this morning that you will set it right. And even if your teenager or your child is not going that direction right now, the word says they will. He'll bring them back around. And you know what I found out? How many would like for me to talk to the teenagers for just a moment? Just a couple of you adults? I'll be doggone. Here you go. I'm going to give it to them anyway. I have found out I'd much rather be in trouble with my earthly dad than my heavenly father. Because it's one thing to be in trouble with your earthly daddy or things you've got to square up with earthly daddy, but your heavenly father, he don't miss anything. He catches it all. Okay. Parents should be going, oh, yeah. That should help you relieve the stress and the tension because in case you didn't know, Teenagers know how to play. I don't mean play video games. They know how to play you. We all did it, unless we're all here lying to ourselves. We all knew how to play our parents. I always wanted our teenagers to know, and our children, you can't outplay the father. Oh, man, I got away with that. Woo, that's worked out just right. It's not over. It's not over. It's either going to be in this life. In fact, I was uh, cleaning the pool the other day, taking Joshua's role. He owes me one. And in the scripture, the verses that I was listening to said that some sins go before us and meet us in the throne room. So when God says it's not over, it's not over. So that's why you want to get it under the blood. Now I really went old school, didn't I? Because our grandparents used to talk about getting your sins under the blood. Come on, are you with me this morning? So I want you to see something. There are several doors that will get you into this facility and then into the various rooms. But ladies and gentlemen, there's only one door that will get you into heaven. Only one. And that door is Jesus Christ. The Gospel of John, listen, this is not going to be long. It's just the beginning of the kingdom. The Gospel of John says that Jesus said, Check this out now. I am the door. All Jewish people then and now know that when he said I am, he was referring to God. And that's who he was. I am stands for God. And and Jesus was saying, I'm the door. So I'm flipping through all of my training and it was like, oh my goodness. In the old covenant, if you didn't want the death angel, hello, hello, To come to your home and take your oldest son, you better make sure that there was blood on the doorpost. On the doorpost. That was the old covenant. What's the new covenant? Well, who is Jesus Christ? 
He was the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. Jesus died. His blood is your representative. He's the door into the kingdom. Nobody's getting into heaven without the blood. I don't mean to upset anybody. I don't mean to aggravate anybody. But I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) I want you to walk out of here today going, I'll never forget. There are many doors into the church, but there's only one into the kingdom. And you've got to make sure you're coming through that door. You've got to make sure that you come through that door and you personally have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing. I wish, and he won't do it, because there was a man who was in hell and he said, could you do me a favor, please? What's that? Could you please go and tell my family where I am and how bad it is here? And the answer was no. They already have those around them that can give them the word. I want you to walk out of here today with this word. Jesus Christ is the door. And I must know him personally to be able to have access into heaven. And on top of that, that I can see Kelly again. Man, I want to see Tom Hammonds again. Man, I want to be with my parents. Just because they were ministers of the gospel, that doesn't mean I'm getting in. Oh, dare I do this. Just because you have the Levy County name, that doesn't give you access into the kingdom. That was educational. That's administration stuff. Do you know who I'm married to? Really? No. But we, we, listen to me now, we're living in an age of deception. The enemy will try to convince you. Don't you remember your daddy was a pastor for 60 years? You're going in because he's in. That is not true. If I do not come to the door and recognize him as my Savior and Lord, Daddy could be on the other side. My grandparents can be on the other side. Jim Elliott's on the other side looking at me, but I'm not coming in. I'm trying to help you this morning. I'm not here to hurt you or harm you. I am trying to give you information. And listen, we're living in an age where pastors are dumbing down the word. Not in this house, but they are dumbing down the word. Watering it down. Dr. Charles Stanley said the other morning, he said, those who are anointed of God will never compromise the word of God. You all need to start thinking. I wasn't being unkind. You need to start looking and asking, is that the anointed word? Is that anointed by God? But compromising, you will water it down. You'll shave it so that it becomes palatable to those who need it that way. There's only one way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father. Listen to me. I won't even give you the title of it. It blew me away after I spoke two Sundays ago on prophets and false teachers. There was a magazine that came to me through the email, and in it is a story of a very prominent young man who is referring to himself as the modern-day Jesus. And he's drawing thousands of people in this nation. And he's teaching them how to prosper. But they, first of all, have got to make sure he's prospering. (laughs) That was a joke from the inside. Like, are you serious? Are we at that hour? The Bible said there are many false teachers. 
that will present themselves before the coming of the Antichrist. Like, seriously, if I'm, whew, this is good. If I'm more upset about Ohio State's lethargic play last night than I am about people missing the kingdom, I'm in idolatry. I, I didn't say anything about you. I said me. I'm in, if I'm more tore up about Ohio State blowing it big time and that tells everybody, including me, they're not at that level, why does that bother me? And I'm not bothered by people who have no relationship with the door maker. That's what should tear me up. Is that I'm not pointing people, there's a cross there, there's a cross over there. There's crosses in this place. I am to direct you to the foot of the cross so that you consider a relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you with me this morning for just a few more moments? Are you here this morning? And there are people that are more tore up about, man, Bobby Bowden's not at Florida State anymore, and we're not sure about this. We get all jacked up about that, and we're not even concerned about people who are going to hell. And then what we do is we get around us individuals that will say exactly what we want to say. And all of a sudden, the devil goes, I got you, and I'll just let everybody come on in. I am responsible and accountable to the Lord for this day. Y'all, are y'all with me? <laughs> so let me give you just about 10 more minutes. Are you there? Walking by faith. And the Bible says that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. This really caught my attention. So it's not about the training, but I want you to hear what was said at the end of the training. I took notes immediately. So I was in a youth mental health first aid training in Tallahassee last week. At the end of all the training and all the testing and all the presentations, one of the uh, presenters from Chicago stood up and said, I'd like for you to look up on the screen, and I'd like for you to see all this information. We're, I just want you to listen. Because she had no clue who I am, kingdom-wise. I would like for you to look up here and see that we are going to give you access into the kingdom. Direct words, I wrote them down. They're in my notes today. I said, are you, to myself, of course, are you kidding me? Let me help you out here, and let me help myself out. The Bible says, the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our God. There's going to be one eternal kingdom, and the doorkeeper is going to be the one that owns it. Hello? Be careful when people tell you, I'm giving you access into the kingdom. I'm giving you the information that you need so that you can ask yourself as you walk out, whichever door you choose to go out, have I really been to the foot of the cross? Is my name recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life? Do I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? That's the question. Like if I was to ask you, who's the president of the United States? Everybody knows who that is or who it was. But that doesn't mean you know him or that you know her. And that's what's going on in many ministries. Of course, I know who God is. Yeah, I know who Jesus is. But do you have a relationship with him? So I want to break it down this way in just a few moments. Follow with me, if you will, please. This is a message I wish I would have had as a teenager. It could have helped me stay on track rather than get off track. So let me ask a question this morning. Are you on track or are you off track? Are you like the fans at Ohio State? Man, what's wrong with the coaching staff? 
if they're coached up right, the kids should play right. If the church is coached up right, they'll live right. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, please. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. And the world is just the opposite. Jesus said, seek the kingdom. Matthew 6, 9. The disciples come running to Jesus and said, hey, how are we supposed to pray? We like how you pray. How should we pray? And Jesus said, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. Do you have a heavenly? I'm not asking you to respond openly to me. Do you have a heavenly Father? You can call upon your Father in heaven. After talking with Robin every morning on the way to Tallahassee, Guess who I talk to more than anything else or anyone else in that vehicle? I talk to my Heavenly Father all the way up. Man, that's boring. Not when you know the Father. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Ready? This is a quote from Dr. Miles Monroe, and I want to give you three principles, and then we're going to close the message for this morning. True leadership is measured by what happens after you die. Whew. Whew. One more. God designed the world in such a way that everything functions on principles. So here we go. And I may only give you one because I don't want to do an overload. There are many people who call themselves Christians, i.e., as a teenager, but I never was willing to consider what Jesus said. Jesus said, count the cost. Count the cost. So let me break that down for our young people. And in fact, I think we're just going to look at the first principle. And it's called the priority principle. Count the cost. Count the cost. I wish to God I would have counted the cost of what I was doing now as a teenager because it would have been different. Because I thought I was in full control, not only of the decision-making process, but also the consequences. Listen closely for everybody who's under the sound of the gospel right now. You have total power on your decision-making. You have no power over the consequences. When the report came out about the nine-year-old down in Miami who brought the gun to the elementary school two Tuesdays ago, someone said to me in a training, they said, oh my goodness, that life is shattered. Well, it's going to definitely have to go under heavy construction. But we, our young people, our children are being taught, not only do they have the power of their decision-making, but they control the consequences. They don't. And are we teaching them that? Are we having them look at this is what you're going to end up with if you do this? For example, I said to Joshua, the speed limit's going to be 65 and 70 on the parkway and out there on those main highways. If you're way above that, you're going to see blue. And not from me, from the lights. And secondly, you're going to pay that ticket. And number three, if it affects your insurance, that's on you too. But see, I was kind enough to let him know what the consequences are. Hell will never, yes, I raised my voice. Hell will never tell you about the consequences. Never, ever, 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 ever. 
All right, let's look at this priority real quick. So what am I supposed to walk out of here with, Pastor? I want you to start counting the cost. Count the cost. Count the cost. Here we go. And then at the end, we're going to have a special prayer for Mr. Brock, and I'll tell you about that. Because you know what? Jesus said, check it out. Man, he just prays all the time. Jesus said, he got pretty uptight about it. He said, my house is supposed to be called a house of prayer. If you want to know what the kingdom is all about, top priority is prayer. It doesn't have to be long, drawn-out stuff. But, man, if you're not a person who prays, I'm wondering if you've been there. No, 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 just to the door. One of the last things Jesus did before he went to the cross is he spent the night in prayer in the garden. So if you have an attitude about prayer, you might want to get to the cross. Come on now. Count the cost. Count the cost. Count the cost. Count it. Count it. Watch this. My dad used to say, son, if you have $10 and you spend $12, you are in the hole. <laughs> I know we're all going, well, that was dumb. Well, look at our economy. <laughs> all right, here we go. <laughs> if, just as Jesus, by the way, if anyone comes to me, this, this is scary, and does not hate his father and mother and wife, children and brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. What he's doing here is this, because we already have kids who go, I remember, when they used to come to the office. Man, I hate, man, I hate my, da, 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 all that stuff. What he's saying is, in comparison to your father, your mother, your children, your grandchildren, your grandparents, I've got to be in love with you, and you've got to be in love with me more than all of them put together. That means Jesus is the king on top of the king. Sorry, LeBron. Just for real, I don't mind if he hears this. I was talking with one of the men earlier. Listen to me. Help me, adults, please. Am I that far alone? We are living in the most self-saturated society I've ever seen in 65 years. <gasps> I just told you my age. Athletes, not happy. They want to go elsewhere. Somebody's not happy in the organization. They're going, man, wherever you go, you're going to be unhappy because it's always about you. Count the cost. Kelly and Tom used to say it to me all the time. D-Web, coach, you've got to count the cost. You've got to really count the cost of what's going on here. What's going on? And are you willing to stay the course? Count the cost. So you want to be in a relationship, young person? Consider what it's going to cost you. Count that. And stop listening to the lies of the enemy. Because he is a liar. That was, that was easy. Jesus said he's the father of lies. So there are two fathers. Woo! I'm almost finished. Woo! There's our heavenly father, and then there's the father of this world system. I was having fellowship with my wife. That would mean we were just talking. The other morning, we woke up, and we were just, just talking to each other. And I said, you know what? Everything, listen closely, please. Everything in this world system is based on a lie. Everything is based on a lie. And you have ministers who are lying to people. Yes, I said that. And I'll stand by it. <laughs> Here we go. Two verses. To close out the priority principle of counting the cost. Like I am in love with Robin, but my love for my wife or my children 
and Joshua who's on the road, and my mind is kind of there, that love for all of them and grandchildren cannot even be close to my love for the one who brought me to the door and brought me through the door. Come on, church. See, the reason some of you can't clap on that is because you don't recognize the kind of hellion I used to be, and you won't even admit the kind of hellion you've been. See, that takes a little guts to say that. I know what kind of hellion I used to be. And to think that he would die for me, wretched, wicked, self-righteous, all that pompous stuff. And not only did he die for me, he said, come on through. The blood's there. Come on through the door. Oh, baby, I'm on his team. Man, and I'll play the way he teaches me to play. Come on now. And I'm not going to blame the coach. <laughs> Two verses, the priority principles where we're stopping. Listen, Matthew 10, 39. This is the priority principle. He who has found his life will lose it. How's that for the self-indulged person? <laughs> it's all about me. <laughs> Wait till I tell you the closeout story. It'll freak you out. He who has found his life will lose it. And he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. Almond Gunner called me the other day and he said, hey, coach, guess what? I said, I have no clue. He said, I, I, I have found out that I'm dead. I said, what, what do you mean? He said, it's not about me. It's all about the next generation. It's all about saving the babies. He said, I've learned that I'm dead. <laughs> Put that out on social media. Self-heal thyself. Second Corinthians 5.17. Of course, I'm not a player. I'm a warrior. Mm -hmm. Second Corinthians 5.17. And he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves. That's scripture, ladies and gentlemen. But for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Every day, there is a cross in one of the vehicles that I drive. In fact, there's also a cross in a little red truck that I've been driving lately. And I look at that cross and I'm amazed that Jesus Christ would die for such a hellion as myself. I, I know, I know. No one's like, I know. That's just because you're not honest. <laughs> but not only would he be willing to die for me, then he would come and invite me to come through the doorway into something I've never experienced before. And he's inviting anyone in this room today to count the cost and know that the cost has been paid for and you can join him. His name, Kevin Hines. Listen closely. I'm telling you we live in a self-saturated society. Kevin Hines, I've never heard of, of Kevin Hines until this week. Kevin Hines is a young man who had all kind of mental issues, had mental disorders. His parents tried to reach out to him. Are you parents? That was last Sunday morning. Reach out. Are you reaching into their lives? I said to Joshua, when you arrive, I need to know and mom needs to know. Do you teach your children accountability? Because when you teach your children accountability, they know daddy's doing the same thing. I'm talking about their heavenly father. Teach them accountability. And Joshua, when you guys get ready to leave this afternoon, I expect to know, did you, do you have expectations for your children? Or are you so wrapped up in your world that there's no expectations at the house? When you get ready to leave, I need to know. 
And when you guys kind of get off the parkway and you're back around Crystal River, I need to know. Parents, are you doing that? Grandparents, are you doing that? Well, I'm so tired. I'm so weird. What? No, you're a life coach. Coach them up. They love to know that the expectations are here. They'll meet that. They were built that way. They were built that way to fulfill expectations. And that makes them feel, no wonder our children are so insecure. We've done it. I didn't point at you guys. I pointed at myself. They're insecure because there were no standards that they needed to meet. Give them those standards. Kevin Hines. People reaching out. um, Proper medical people reaching out to him. Kevin Hines. But he began to develop a bipolar issue. That doesn't mean it was demonic. That means he needed help. Come on, church. What if I was to tell you prophetically, yes, there's going to be, by the way, that is a praise team, but there's all kind of equipment and all kind of stuff that's coming. I may not even be here when that all happens, but it's coming. Tell you something else. There is going to be a clinical psychologist, a godly one, not a, not a, not a fruitcake. Everybody that has a degree doesn't have a right to talk. Thank you. And there are people who believe because they have a degree, they should be able to speak. But if there's no anointing on your life, be quiet and get to the cross. Because that's the only thing that will change people's lives is the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. But there's coming, in fact, the lady from Chicago, how you doing? I talked to you last week. I talked. How you doing? Can I talk to you? So when I was graded the other day, how do you like being graded? Sometimes not so much. Other times, I don't like it so much. So this lady from Chicago takes me out on the 17th floor. I'm thinking, God, is she going to jump or am I jumping? I'm talking about mental health. And she said, so we found out that you're a pastor. I said, yeah. Why are you wanting to listen? It's good, isn't it? because he's here not me he's here and she said would you consider as a pastor now she doesn't know the Holy Spirit has already told me hey you're right here today too how are you you're looking good that your ministry is going to be used by God to help people who are struggling with mental issues but they're afraid to talk about it because so many pastors slam all that she said would you consider that I said, it's already in the making. Meaning, making by the maker. Are you letting him make you or are you making you? Don't answer that. Self-centered people are making them. And then they're trying to conform you to the, oh, Jesus, help me. That's what's going on. That's what they're doing. That's why sometimes you really struggle because you just want to be you. But everybody else wants you to be like what they want you to be. Just be you. God made you. They didn't have anything to do with that. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Which way? Thank you. So Kevin is really messed up. Really messed up. We're we're, we're talking about can we really see people who are all about themselves? 
And now all of a sudden, voices are going off in his head. I won't ask, but if I was to tell you, you'd go, oh, I'm out the door, man. That guy's freaking. We all struggle. Back when I was at the Assembly of God Church in North Carolina, we brought in Campfeld Production, and the title of the presentation, and we had screens all over the place, was called Voices. People hear voices. That doesn't mean they're nuts. That doesn't mean they're crazy. That doesn't mean any of those silly terms that are out there. That just means that there's a battle going on. And this ministry here that was raised up by godly leaders that we spoke about, that's why they poured their hearts and souls into this. So that we would be able to help those that couldn't have the resources to get the help. We'll be able to help them and it won't cost them anything. (laughs) So the voices start going off in his head and here's some of the voices. You might as well die. Nobody cares about you. But his daddy's reaching out. In fact, the day that he decided to end his life, his daddy came to him and said, Kevin, I don't know what's wrong, but just come be with me all day. I just want you to be with me in the business all day. And he said, no, I just... Because it was so blank upstairs. In a moment, I just want to pray for individuals that have blank moments. You're okay. God's going to bring you through. Okay? I'm just going to pray. No, no one's going to know because I'm not asking you to stand, raise your hand. No, 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 no. I'm not that kind of a leader. So dad tries one more time. Come on. Come on, Kevin. Come on. I mean, it's we got to watch the live video with Kevin. And Kevin said, man, dad did everything. And he had an uncle that came to him. You still here? Want me to stop? If you'd have said yes, I'd close in prayer and go. I'm that kind of leader. Okay. His uncle came and brought him all kind of cool gifts. Brought him his favorite snacks and everything. Keep reaching out, church. Keep reaching out. Wasn't the answer. Because the voices were overriding the actions that people were trying. Come on, church. So, Kevin's in San Francisco. And he hears it one more time. There's no use for you to go on. I want to give you a word from the Lord. It's time for you to go on with your life. Keep living. Keep living. God is for you, not against you. Give up. Don't ever give up. I don't care if your team got beat last night. That's a ball game. Ain't no big deal. Get back in the fight. I don't mean fight. Get back in the fray. And let God lead the way. That's enough. Did you get that? Get back in the fray and let God lead the way. Okay? And sometimes, are you with me? Sometimes you just got to do this right here. Would you please shut up? I don't want to hear you. And if he really bugs you, just say, the Lord rebuke you. You know what I told him yesterday? He was talking some smack. The enemy. I said, you know where your house is? Get there. And I didn't feel like I made it clear enough, so I just said, go to hell. In Jesus' name. Did that one hurt right there? I didn't think so. So Kevin just starts walking. You know where he walks to? The Golden Gate Bridge. I'll I'll get out of your way. Research had shown before this happened that no one had survived jumping off of the Golden Gate Bridge. 
Feel like I'm dragging this out? Wait till you get to hear how strong self is. So he's standing at the Golden Gate Bridge, San Francisco, and he's looking out over the water, and he's weeping. He's bawling. He's gushing with tears. Can I talk to you? May I have permission to speak? Hold on. Do I have your permission to speak to her for a second? Because she's going to role play with me. Coming back next week? Okay, let's check. And this beautiful lady walks up to the Golden Gate Bridge. That's You're beautiful, but you're, you're not this lady, okay? So don't read this wrong. She walks up to the bridge because it's a beautiful morning. And she's got, you know what she's got. Hold mine. Now you're a Buckeye. You might want to give it back. There you go, baby. Sit down, Bobby. Come on, dude. You're hurting me so bad. She has this incredible phone. This is a true story. I'm not making this, any of this up. And, and nobody else is on the bridge but Kevin. And he's leaning over and he's weeping and he's busted. And she walks up and says, excuse me. You know how, excuse me. And he looks and there's, there's snot and there's tears rolling. And she said, isn't it a beautiful day? Would you be willing to take some pictures of me, please? He cleared himself, Kevin. Stand up, Kevin. Miss Gorgeous, stand up. Don't do it too bad. Give it a little pose. No, no, just, just kind of like, all right, look at him like, you're ugly. No, just look, give it a little pose. There you go. Fake it, a little picture. Take a little picture. Don't break my Buckeye camera good he just did it he took three of them thank you guys give him a big round of applause he took three pictures of this lady handed the phone back and she said thank you and walked away and he said that's it that shows nobody cares nobody cares and so he jumped down into the water and he said it was either 70 to 80 feet down and he broke major areas of his body lost total control of his legs and as he was going deep into the water I hope to God someone's listening he cried out and you gotta remember now this is a training session he cries out oh God I don't want to die He did not count the cost. Total shattered body from the waist down. He starts to fight. Everybody say fight. That's what you got to do. You got to fight. Not with your lips. Not with your words. Not with your hands. But with Christ and Christ alone. And he says it again one more time. Oh God, I don't want to die. Save me. 70 feet down. All of a sudden, boom, he gets hit. That hurt? He didn't feel it. Not like I just did. Because he's almost paralyzed. And he said in this interview, of course, you know he's lived, right? Okay, he made it. That's what God's saying. You're going to make it. If you'll stay by the cross and if you'll come to the door. 
Not everybody's door. Watch out for the red light district. I'm not trying to give you a hard time. He gets hit and he said, oh my God. He said, I've survived the jump, but now I'm going to go under by a shark. He said, I can't believe it's happening to me. And then he realizes, because he could see, it was the sea lion bumping him on up. Bumping him back to the surface. Can I talk to you? Okay. Your mom and dad bumped you many times. But now they need for you to go bump some people up. Bump them up. Okay. Get past. Will you take a picture of me? See their need. Read their eyes. And give them the help that they need. Will you do that? Your dad will be there just ovation after ovation. Because you know how to bump people up. He survived. And guess what he's doing now, Nate? He's helping young people all over our nation and around the world deal with counting the cost of not what decision they're making but where is that decision going to take them be a man who counts the cost God's going to use you mightily and I'm sure there's some adults thinking man he didn't talk to anybody but the young people if we don't reach the next generation there will be no generation will you stand with me please thank you for your undivided attention I want to pray over this house this morning. And I'm going to bypass the song that we were going to use. I'll use it next week. Turn to someone and say, I'm willing to count the cost. I will prioritize my life. Ladies and gentlemen, you will never know until you really reach out. You might be the difference for that person in that moment at that time. Be that person. Give what you've got to give to help them at that moment. It will be the difference maker in their lives. And Jesus was all about the kingdom. And so are we. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for the life story of Kevin Hines. I thank you, Father God, for the transformation. And I thank you for the way that you are revisiting things in his life. And you are transforming him. I thank you, Father God, that we as people in this house, we are counting the cost. And we are prioritizing our lives. And we're walking by faith and not by sight. And we're trusting you in our going out and our coming in. Now, Father, I want to pray over those of us, including myself, that have those moments where we feel like we're in the ditch or we're being blindsided or there's thoughts, or there's voices, in Jesus' name, show us the door that we can come and we can have fellowship with you and you can restore our practices so that we are people who walk by faith and not by sight. And then, Lord, for this entire house, would you forgive us, starting with me, where we have those tendencies to put number one at one and fail to realize the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our God. We ask for forgiveness. I ask for forgiveness. And may I be centered in 
May this house be centered on the blood and the cross of Jesus Christ. We're ready now. We're ready. Not by might, nor by power, by your spirit. To go out and be the difference maker in the lives of others. This week, children, teenagers, adults, grandparents, those that are in good health and those that are in recovery. Thank you for the privilege. We honor you. Seal the word now to our hearts. In Jesus' name, God's people said, amen. God bless you. I want you to have a great day, a great week, and go out. And... Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.